2: You know, there's an analogy to this. This is this is when sometimes it pays to be a New Testament person, uh, um, uh, and that is I, I think about uh, how Jesus interacted with women in Scripture, yes. and and the what the cultural expectations were, and of course what what had happened in Judaism, and you can still see this in certain pockets of Orthodox Judaism today. Um, is you know they they were very careful about uh, attempting to follow the law, and they built what they called a fence around Torah, and and of course that fence, this is your analogy of the high walls, actually ends up not helping you keep the law. Oftentimes, it actually ends up being a way of uh, of avoiding um, the engagement that you need to mm-hmm. grow yes. and, and to work through something, and. And so that's what you see. So Jesus interacts with the Samaritan woman. The disciples are shocked. Um, uh, you know, Jesus has Martha and Mary sit at his feet and and you know, the first century, that would have been uh, very, very surprising. So you watch Jesus handle women as people. Yes, I can say it that oh, way yes, beautifully. And, and 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 interact with them as he would anybody else, and invite them in to uh, to the fellowship and the community, <laughs> have them be the first witnesses to the empty tomb. Yes. Um, and in the midst of that, what you what you see is Jesus affirming them as as people rather than as dangers. Yes. And in the midst of that, um, uh, building the right kind of community.
1: Yes. It's a beautiful and and women. Of all from all walks of life were absolutely drawn to him because he he treated them as people, uh, as a big brother, a caring person who had their best interest at heart, who forgave them, and, and you look at all the women of. The women of the night, women of ill repute. Were look at the woman who came and washed his feet, took her hair down in uh-huh. a public place, right, right. and actually with her tears. Yeah, and Jesus said, "Stop! Sorry,
2: stop! Stop! I <laughs> okay, can't do that. Uh, we need to unwind this yeah. and, and to handle this a different way." Think about it. Yeah. He's,
1: she's 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 massaging his feet with mm-hmm. her hair and her tears mm-hmm. in a public place uh-huh. with the Pharisee right over there as the host.
2: Yeah, that that That's, sound you hear is the whoa, <gasps> going yes, on around yes. him. Yes.
1: But he cared so deeply, and women follow him because they sense his his wholehearted care, not as a as an object. That mm-hmm. he never objectified women the mm-hmm. way we do in our culture. Mm-hmm. And and in a way, when men do this in the church, they're objectifying that woman, mm-hmm. and she's a person.
2: Yeah, their first message is I view you as a threat rather yes, than as a sister. Yes, yes. Then
1: what the, the, shouldn't be? How can how can I keep you away? Well, how can I shut you down? But what can we do within the parameters of, of the of the scriptures to unleash you to help? It was, if sixty percent of our people are shackled. What is that doing to the church today? And what is it doing to the way the church looks? And certainly we don't acclimate to the culture, but we need to consider how how the church looks to the outside. Mm-hmm. You know, women coming in. Uh, when I was at at IBC as minister to women there, and and a woman comes in. She's a lawyer. She uh, is on the road to becoming a judge. She comes in. She goes to a meeting, and and she's shut down. They don't listen to her. She mm-hmm. can't participate. She comes to me, and and she says why would i join a church and our church is really very very woman friendly mm-hmm. why would i ever in in the in my world i i'm listened to i'm respected i come here and I don't get the rules. I don't get how I'm being treated. Why would I want to join a community like this? Mm-hmm. I actually went to my executive pastor and said that to what she had said. And it, this was at a time in our service where men were doing everything. Mm-hmm. They were greeting. They were passing out. They were doing things that anybody could do. Mm-hmm. And our executive pastor changed that and really opened up to having women be ushers and, and, and take and, – and read the scripture from the stage. and. Take uh, uh, the collection and all the things that women could do. He said, "Let's open this up because six out of ten of the people who are sitting in these pews relate."
2: Yeah, and I think it's I think it's interesting that we have allowed. Um, We've allowed two things to happen in gender relationships. We've made – we've either made the the men-women discussion strictly one of power and rank issues, or we've made them about this objectifying thing that we're talking about. And and both of those um, are poisons on community. That's right. Um, You know, the way in which Jesus taught that power and rank should be exercised really does everything to – to some degree, nullify power and rank. Mm -hmm. I mean, just look at the way Jesus asked marriages to be handled. Yes, the husband is said to be the head of the wife, but the headship is supposed to be exercised in a way in which Christ gave himself for the church. So in fact, I have an exercise that I have students do when they're in Ephesians 5, and I say, take your page, draw a line down the middle. On one side, put power. On the other side, put service. Now, what I want you to do is, I want you to read through this section on the husband, and I want you every place you see something that illustrates service, I want you to put a check. And everything where you see power being illustrated, put a check. And I'm going to give you five minutes to read the text and and put down your checks. And so, that, you know, so I give them five minutes to do it, and they come back. And inevitably, of course, what's happening in the passages is that all the checks are on the service side. And the you know <laughs> yes. nourishes and cherishes yes. his own body, et cetera. You mm-hmm. know those kinds of pictures. Christ gave himself for the mm-hmm. church. And and I sometimes will get one check because head is there. Uh-huh. Okay, yes. and I'll go. What do you think has happened to that one check in light of all mm-hmm. these other checks? Yes. <laughs>
1: what kind of head are you? <laughs> exactly yes.
3: right.
2: And, and so, and the point that I'm trying to make to students is is that is that Jesus redefines the way we think about rank in such a way that rank itself is redefined. Exactly. And and the amazing thing about it is, you know, when Jesus talks about this directly, he says things like, you know, you're not to lead like the way the world mm-hmm. leads, you know, where where that where the person in charge holds it over the person people around them. No. Uh, the son of man came uh, not not to be served, mm-hmm. but to serve. Yes. And so you get these examples that show that that the whole the whole premise of everything that's going on in ministry is is the way in which we can um, encourage one another, edify one another, serve one another, uh, lock arms around one another, and engage in ministry and mission together.
1: Yes, and that's the beauty of it, and it's. I think Romans 16 as well, you look at Paul, mm-hmm. I think there are nine women mm-hmm. that he greets mm-hmm. with wonderful, you're my sister, you're my mother. You're uh, uh-huh. uh, he. Th- those were women he partnered with, he cared about. Mm-hmm. Paul, I think, was extremely relational, and mm-hmm. he had friends. Who were women?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: It, it, it takes that other picture that we sometimes put way we, we say Paul is this way and just blows it up. Mm-hmm. He was very uh, close to a number of women. Look at Priscilla. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's just so many things. Now, that...
2: it, in fairness, okay, because we got to balance this out. In fairness, the reason these kinds of concerns and rules exist is because there are pressures that that. That take us there, whether they're cultural pressures, whether the way we've been brought up, et cetera, whether it's the advice that we've received, mm. perhaps, from godly people who have gone before us. Uh, the and, and so it isn't uh, – in, in talking about this, uh, it isn't just a matter of um, – of saying, well, it's got to be different. We've we got to wear where people. We also have to be sensitive to where people are coming right. from. Right. Yes. So, how do you advise, if I can ask this question? How do you advise making a transition, making the transition from having kind of one way of mm-hmm. thinking about this to thinking about it in a way that that might uh, change the dynamics?
1: I put it squarely on the in the place of men. Hmm. I, I have found that there are a number of men who champion women mm-hmm. who have the very uh, kinds of attitudes and, and 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 believe the things you're saying mm-hmm. but when it comes to actually standing up for women in in, in with their with their brothers mm-hmm. they're often many of them are silent mm-hmm. and I can't really – I can be an advocate for another person so much better than I can be an advocate right, for myself. Right, because it
2: looks defensive. It
1: looks defensive. Yeah. It looks like I'm coming because of something right. for myself. And, and, and that's what I think was really going to make the difference. I'm here at DTS because uh, Mike Lawson mm-hmm. decided that it would be a healthy thing to have a woman on his full-time faculty staff and, and have her partner with male colleagues in the classroom creating courses together, ministering to students, that that they saw this in the classroom – They can model
2: this kind they of ministry mod- that we're talking about. Yes. Yes.
1: And yeah. I have male students who – and now I teach by and large solo,
2: mm-hmm. and
1: the, the, I have male students that walk in and their eyes just about pop. They mm-hmm. had no idea that Dr. Edwards was a woman.
2: Although Sue might be a clue. Well, <laughs> they
1: don't get it, you know. It might be. But a lot of times they haven't. They don't look that closely. Yeah, right, right. And so they're just flabbergasted. I had one student didn't come to me last semester and sit down and 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 this is also the myth of the exceptional woman which mm-hmm. I think I want to talk about as well but okay. he just said Wow. He said – and he was from a background, I won't name it, but mm-hmm. where women still cover their heads, uh-huh. who have absolutely no say in anything. Uh-huh. And he said, I had no idea that I could learn from a woman. Mm-hmm. He said, I, and, and he was just so affirming. Mm-hmm. But I thought, this is this is incredible, that for him, mm-hmm. this was a whole new world that was opened up to him, that right. a woman could bring anything to the table. Mm-hmm. And he was gracious, he was delightful, but Mike Lawson decided that this was a high value, Mm -hmm. that the church would benefit for the glory of God, that we needed to change some of this thinking. And he set out – and he I'm sure he passed over people that were far more qualified Mm -hmm. to find me, uh, and I was absolutely flabbergasted. It Mm -hmm. took me three weeks to say yes because I never saw myself in an academic setting, Mm. with sitting in a room of brothers that were my professors. I mm-hmm. was here in the 80s mm-hmm. as not the first woman, but one of the first women, mm-hmm. and I thought I could never do this. Nor I'm a practitioner. Mm-hmm. I'm not a scholar. Mm-hmm. But I do bring something to the table related to women's issues and mm-hmm. also to the practical. But Mike, Dr. Lawson did this mm-hmm. because he was championing. It was something that he felt convicted about, and he did something about it.
2: And so the point that you're making is is that really the first step in in in, in wrestling with this is, are having, and, and maybe I mean you're saying advocates, but but in some ways I, I would say what you need are male people who model the attitude that you're talking about because because it, it, it in one sense I don't want to make it an agenda issue mm-hmm. it, it's simply right. it's simply ministering in it, out of biblical standards and out of biblical concerns that make that make an affirmation about the value of the whole of the body
1: yes and and, it, and I don't want it to be an agenda with an edge mm-hmm. But I I do think it's worthy of intentionality Mm -hmm. on the part of men. Mm -hmm. And men will – most of – I think an awful lot of these attitudes are because men grew up with with their mentors Mm -hmm. in an age when this – Seemed to be the right thing to do. Mm -hmm. And they listened, and these are men they've respected. And so to look at something differently is very difficult for them.
2: Yeah, and I think something we underestimate as we talk about this is that, which is kind of where we started, which is the change in ministry over 30 years has ha, has changed the game mm-hmm. i mean it, it really has because now there are a series of ministries that take place in which women are alongside they are brought onto the staff 30 35 years ago that would have not necessarily been the case
3: that's right
2: so it it was i can say it this way in some ways it was easier yes. to build those walls and operate with those fences mm-hmm. because because the lines were so clearly mm-hmm. drawn now we've we, in some senses, have invited women into ministry and have said, uh, "We want you to partner alongside of us." And we we recognize the value of this, but. Uh, when you do that with kind of the old older structures in place, you know, new wine requires mm-hmm. new wineskins, yes. Um You you end up you end up having this awkward kind of half and half thing that you've described in the staff meetings, in which well, we're going to invite you on the staff, but we really want you to be quiet, mm-hmm. uh, and mm-hmm. and that just doesn't work. Um, so uh, you know, there are tons of situations that I see regularly in the context of ministry where I go. Not only not only am I glad women are ministering alongside of me, but it's almost necessary that they be there, because there are certain ministries that they have and certain capabilities and certain sensitivities that they have that I won't have
3: mm-hmm.
2: and that I can't have. And so I need them alongside of me, and I don't need them merely as a presence, I need them as a voice. Yes. And uh, and so getting beyond any kind of tokenism, yes, and and actually engaging directly in which the affirmation is we're in ministry together. And we are very much in ministry together, and and I value what it is that you bring to the table. And in fact, in some cases, I'm going to ask you uh, to take responsibility for for what is going on.
1: Yes. and and when that occurs, I can assure you, women, are so grateful and and because women feel a call to serve mm-hmm. just like men do mm-hmm. and the opportunities to do that and the men are the ones who can open the doors mm-hmm. Uh, Without that, uh, we simply sit on the sidelines, and there are many women who do sit on the sidelines. And we are, uh, according to Barna's 2011 State of the Church survey, we are losing more women from the church than any other demographic at Hmm. this point. Hmm. Which is uh, which is uh, is is very sad because mm-hmm. they're not going to atheism by and large. Mm-hmm. They're going to alternative spiritualities, mm-hmm. which are extremely unhealthy, mm-hmm. but who feel more um, more empowering to women, hmm. and that. That's frightening. Mm-hmm. Uh, our young women, particularly.
2: Now, I'm hoping you remember this because about uh, uh, ten, fifteen minutes ago, you said there was another kind of woman that you wanted to talk right, about. Right, the I exceptional min- woman. Okay, very yes, good. Yes. Oh, good. Okay. Because the category <laughs> yes. had slipped my mind. Yes.
1: Well, there. That is also something that we deal with. at those of us who have um, made our way into a position that um, some men would say would be for men, say, mm-hmm. as a seminary professor, Mm -hmm. or as a leader on a church staff, not as a senior pastor, but she's – I mean, there are about 60 or 70 documented executive women pastors Mm -hmm. who do fabulous jobs. Mm -hmm. Uh, And and, and a lot of us are put into the category of, well, yes, she's exceptional. Mm -hmm. But what I want to say to that is, no, we have just been given the opportunities, and there are millions of exceptional women if they were given the opportunity. And they're very frustrated out there, many of them, because Mm -hmm. they and so they end up using their gifts. Either they walk away from the church altogether or they use their gifts in the secular arena or in a parachurch kind of place. And they walk away from the church. And Mm the church is hurting right now. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, my husband uses the analogy of we're in a canoe, and the canoe's going down, and, and everybody needs to bail. The water's coming in, mm-hmm. but the, the, the guy in the front goes, okay, all women, sit there with your hands folded. We we'll will bail. We'll take care of it. We'll yeah. take care <laughs> yeah. of it. And you're going, we're going down. Everybody needs to be on board and bail. Mm-hmm. And yet, with, over some of these kinds of issues, the infighting and Um, the backbiting and some of the stuff that goes on that is Partly because in many places they never even address the issue, mm-hmm. so women just don't have a clue where they stand, mm-hmm. and that shuts them down. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and we understand it's controversial; mm-hmm. it is controversial. But this affects six out of ten of our people in the church. Well,
2: it actually affects ten out of ten because how we I, interact, because well, <laughs> <laughs> actually yes. how we interact with women actually, and the, and the how we model it actually impacts the way men think about it and approach yes, it. So yes. everybody is actually there. There is no escape, you know, uh, everybody really uh, engages with this. Well, um, uh, we're talking about making the transition. You said one of the things that's important is having a, a, a male who is an advocate. I suspect that another very helpful thing is to, is to have uh, venues that are very, very conscious in which you see the actual model itself yes. working itself out.
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: Listen to these conversations and more by searching Grace Enough Podcast on your favorite listening app or by visiting graceenoughpodcast.com.
1: Yeah, so like like uh, my partnering with a male colleague, mm-hmm. that kind of thing or uh, and we have our book is Packed full of examples and quotes that actually men, le- male leaders gave us mm-hmm. of just some of the nuances, some of the benefits of working with women. But it's interesting; it's still by and large a female conversation,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and and that that should not be. So it's what women are talking about. It's women are talking. Ta- yes. Yeah. And and what I work with with women very often is not to harbor a bitter spirit, Mm -hmm. that not to have an agenda or get this edge Mm -hmm. in which you're so wounded Mm -hmm. that you become... Mean-spirited and aggressive, and, and actually you're – then it's counterproductive. Mm-hmm. Then you're that woman they say, see, that's what happens.
2: Mm-hmm. Or, 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 And it also can create kind of this – I'm going to put two words together that don't often go together, but this kind of hostile timidity Yes. that is actually very, very unhealthy.
1: Yes, it's a poison. Yeah. And a lot of Christian women – they, they, yes, there's that, but it's also that they decide I won't develop myself as a person,
3: mm-hmm.
1: and we need women to develop themselves. The fruit of the spirit if, for is from is male and female. Yeah, if they give
2: up and become resigned to the situation, yes. that's not healthy. It's
1: not. It's not healthy if they're married. Mm-hmm. They end up sabotaging their marriage. Mm-hmm. They end up not parenting mm-hmm. in healthy ways. Um, they end up uh, sabotaging at church. We have a lot of conflict going on at church, mm-hmm. and it's if women, what's the saying? She may be sitting down on the outside, but if she's standing up on the inside, mm-hmm. you're going to have troubles. Mm-hmm. And the conflict that she can cause, just that, you know, if mama ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Yeah, right, right. It, it, She has ways, and I try to teach women to, to rid themselves of this uh, passive aggressive kind mm-hmm. of way that women interact and say, I can't can't have power so i'm going to go behind the scenes i'm going to manipulate mm-hmm. i'm going to be indirect i'm going to gossip i'm going to create factions we have all that kind of thing going on which women are seeking power in unhealthy ways mm-hmm. see we don't get a pass on Matthew 18 which mm-hmm. tells us how to interact with people when there's difficulty right. just because we're female mm-hmm. and men don't get a pass on being relational and caring about women yeah. just because they're male and right. it may be easier right so if all of us are, are called to the fruit of the Spirit to treat each other as, as people made in the image of God. The Holy Spirit is within mm-hmm. each of us. We can't, You can't lust then mm-hmm. after someone mm-hmm. – th- that's what one male student told me. He said, I see her with the Holy Spirit in her. When I start to feel lust, I go, that's the Holy Spirit. I can't do
3: that. <laughs> I said,
1: that's great. Yeah, you yeah. see her as a sister. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things, uh, I think they are changing with mm-hmm. our younger generations. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, there's a lot of work to do, and that's what we do. I work with women to help them um, not let this take over and and they become bitter and and mean spirited and 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 poisonous and indirect and unkind and we have too many women that are like you,
2: that. You know, you just raised another issue that I think is a part of the equation that's hard for everyone to adapt to to some degree, and that is because there are differences in how the various generations handle this area, and the expectations that that creates. Um, helping the older people understand the young people, and the younger people understand the older people, and why they interact the way they do, and the and, and, and perhaps some of the baggage that mm-hmm. some of the older group has had because of, you know, we've experienced, if I can say it this way, we've experienced the shift, but that doesn't mean we've shifted. That's right. <laughs> That's right. And so, uh, so in the midst of that, um, having, having a community that will help people uh, transition and settle well is is important.
1: Yes, and the whole mentoring piece has is, is just been blown out of the water because of these differences mm-hmm. and that's what uh, Barbara Newman, who is one of my um, D men students, did her research interviewing younger women mm-hmm. about what they what they needed in a mentoring relationship and exactly what you're talking about. Came out, these differences mm-hmm. uh, cause all kinds of problems.
2: And so, helping people sort through, if I can say it this way, what is cultural that they've inherited in the way they're interacting with, and even you know, I mean, it can be a church culture that is not necessarily healthy, um, what they've inherited culturally, and getting people to, it, it, it was what kind of we were doing in the middle part of this, which is getting people to understand why that was there. Because in most cases it wasn't at all maliciously no, motivated at all. No. It was very well intentioned, mm-hmm. uh, but at the same time understand um, the risks and limitations that the, that some of the, some of that created, and then thinking through well how how and if there are just I mean certain people are made certain ways they probably shouldn't adjust, but other people um, have can can flourish in the opportunities and in, in, in the differing environment, and so. And then you do that cross generationally. I mean, it becomes all of a sudden this simple conversation actually can become quite complex.
1: Yes, yes, very complex, and people are complicated. And but I think we just have to stay with it. And mm-hmm. when they hear people like you who are who are, are saying to them a, a perspective that maybe they have not never even thought about before, mm-hmm. uh, it, it. My hope and prayer is that it will help them to. Uh, just begin to wrestle with some of these in an honest way with others, mm-hmm. um, both men and women, have honest conversations, uh, not to uh, demean what was in the past, but to say if the church is going to be healthy in the 21st century, um there, there has to be some changes in the way that we look at, particularly uh, men and women interacting.
2: So we walk into a staff meeting. We kind of started with the staff meeting in which the woman is there, but she doesn't get to express herself. So let's let's close with another picture and perhaps a different one. So you walk into a staff meeting. Everyone's participating. Uh, everyone's opinion is is being taken seriously, and and, and depending on the strengths and 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 ministry positions of various people certain people are being asked to take certain responsibilities for certain things and and what you have is a table in which in which yes there are men and women present but more importantly there are brothers and Chris, sisters in Christ sharing in ministry together who are all engaged in trying to perform the same tasks and sorting out who's best suited to do this portion of what's going on
1: yes and that's beautiful. Mm-hmm. And you actually have a place where both men and women can express themselves honestly. Mm-hmm. And sometimes you have um, more aggressive men, and sometimes you actually have more aggressive women. Mm-hmm. In our staff meetings at IBC, I'll finish with this, was our executive pastor wanted to give freedom to everyone, but he also realized that when the men began to get... What is it? A little bit um, the way guys do, uh-huh. a, a little extra assertive, uh-huh. which tends to shut women down. Uh-huh. He had NFL flags all around, <laughs> and if a woman or a man, if uh-huh. a woman started to get a little bit pushy, uh-huh. they could throw a flag on the play. <laughs> there you go, and it meant everybody, let's stop, let's listen. We're brothers and sisters. We love each other. We're all on the same team. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's figure this out together, hmm. and it it, it can. Become a very healthy way to minister.
2: Yeah, there's a there's a passage um, that I love um, in the Gospels, in which um, Peter is struggling with um, whether or not he's left everything to follow the Lord. And, uh, and so, in and Jesus' response to him, and he's really looking for reassurance, because this is in the rich young ruler passage, and, and the rich young ruler has walked away. And, you know, if a rich man isn't blessed, then who in the world can be, you know? And, and so, Peter's kind of asking for this assurance, you know, well, have we left everything? You know, have we done this? And the reply that Jesus makes has within it the, this idea of you know no one who's left mother and father and home etc. who who will not receive much more in this life and in the world to come. And I think we always hear an in the world to come mm-hmm. part, and we miss the in this yes. life part oh, in which yes. in which part of what community is designed to do, part of what the body of Christ is supposed to do, is to give us that family that we may now miss mm-hmm. at a biological level mm-hmm. or to give us that that community, that functioning community, that horde of brothers and sisters—if yes, I can say it yes. that way—that we can minister alongside and and, and work with in, in the pursuit of ministry and have successful uh, mixed ministries as a result. You know, mm-hmm. I, it strikes me—we've only the people who listen to this podcast always give me a hard time. You always say we only scratch the surface. Well, here it comes—we've yeah. only scratched yes. the surface. There's a whole mm-hmm. there's a whole dynamic of mixed ministry and how that works and why that. can be effective and why certain ministries may actually be very well suited to um, to have a, a mixture of input. Uh, we haven't even discussed that at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and so that's a whole nother area that I'm sure I'm going to invite you back in the future, mm-hmm. Sue, to discuss with us. But I really do appreciate you coming in and discussing. I
1: appreciate the, the opportunity. The Thank you The so logistics of,
2: of, of the relational elements of mixed ministry and how sometimes the walls that we uh, put in place actually get in the way of our potential effectiveness. Yeah. Uh, is there any uh, kind of final word you want to give us before we? before we?
1: I suppose I would just – I think you'd probably tell them pretty passionate about this, but I do believe that one of the reasons why the church is struggling is this issue. And if we could become healthier. Uh, Titus 2 three through five ends with uh, it's that beautiful passage mm-hmm. that talks about older uh, shepherding younger and then it ends and if the 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 clause that seems to be that purpose statement uh, so that uh, the word of God will no one will malign the word of God mm. I don't really know completely what that means but it's it's a it's it's a very positive that 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 we shine as a light to the world. Uh, and, and we should be the example of men and women working together in healthy ways. And sadly, in some places, it's getting better, mm-hmm. and that's what I'm uh, – mm-hmm. but we have a lot more work to do.
2: You know, when you walk into a community and it shows that there, there's love present, there's mutual caring, there's yes. evidence of genuine reconciliation, uh, there, there's authenticity even in the way um, challenges and conflict is handled, et cetera. Yes. You know, that becomes an attractive place. That's
1: right. And that can only happen when men and women, in my opinion, see each other as family.
2: Mm -hmm. Well, we thank you for Mm -hmm. coming in to talk with us, Sue, and look forward to, to, like I say, having you back. Thank you for helping us with this.
1: Absolutely. My pleasure.
2: And we thank you for being a part of the table uh, and for joining us. And we hope to see you again soon at the table where we discuss issues of God and culture. Thanks
1: for listening to The Table podcast. For more podcasts like this one, visit dts.edu/thetable. Dallas Theological Seminary. Teach truth, love well.